You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you today. A's cast live from the field as we get you ready for the four-game set between the Athletics and the Angels. They were the first-place Angels, but all of a sudden, the Houston Astros have won 10 in a row. They are now in first place, so it's the second-place Astros that are going to be here in town, and they are uh, playing very good baseball. And Mike Trout is hot. We know about Otani. Ward is coming into his own, and they are going to be tough to deal with. And the Athletics, let's face it, they're coming off a road trip where three in Minnesota, four in Detroit. They played a lot of baseball without a day off, but nobody cares. No one wants to hear about excuses. It is game on, and let's Go. Dalton Jeffrey is going to be on the mound tonight for the Oakland Athletics as he's had some tough luck, and also there's been times where he hasn't thrown the ball that great. But, you know, for Dalton being back home and having the Coliseum, a great pitcher's ballpark against this offense, should help out. Chase Silseth is going to be going for the Angels He's going to be the first player chosen, if you want to feel old, he is going to be the first player chosen in the 2021 MLB draft to make his Major League Baseball debut. How about that? And we heard from their GM in the offseason about how the average team in Major League Baseball uses 13 starting pitchers a year. That's just the average. So when you start to look at it, oh, my God. I mean, there's teams using a ton of starters for the Angels. This is going to be their ninth different starter already, and we're we're not even into June yet, for God's sakes. Uh, Coming on the program today, we're going to have our good buddy. It's been a long time since we've seen him. Can't wait to talk to him. Mark Gubazov from the Angels, longtime pitcher and all-star with the Royals, now does TV for the Halos. The Mark Kotze Show, every single Friday, we get er- we get up early because Kotz wants to do it early, so we get up early. We were up at 9 a.m. this morning getting Cor- this thing done. Correct, 9 a.m. And so that will be, is is this a floating time or is this the actual time? It's a floating time. We might have to switch Kotze around since it's taped, but we're going to have left-hander Zach Logue, who had a great start against the 
uh, hapless Detroit Tigers. So Zach, Zach Logue is TBD. Yeah, so we're looking hopefully between four, anywhere between 4.15 and 5 he'll be on with us. Okay, so four, well, Gooby. Gooby will be here for 4.15, so anywhere between 4.30 and 5. Okay, and then David Force will stop by on the field, the general manager for the general manager show. That will be at 5 o'clock. So we got Mark Gubazaw, we got Mark Kotze, we got Zach Logue, and we got David Forst as the Angels come in, and the Angels, well, they've been playing good baseball, and they've been playing good baseball ever since we joked when Corey Seager got the Barry Bonds treatment where they said four wide ones with the bases loaded. They gave the four fingers, and it was like, wait, wait you're going to walk a guy with the base loaded, bring a run in? And Joe Madden, and it failed. And Joe Madden said he wanted to fire up his guys. What are they now, 18 and 7 since that happened? Yeah, 18 and 7. Uh, Joe Madden, no stranger to walking a guy with the base loaded. He did it uh, 14 years ago when he intentionally walked Josh Hamilton when he was the manager of the Rays with the bases loaded. It was only the third time ever that that's happened. The other guy was Barry Bonds in 1998 by? Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter and the Arizona Diamondbacks. By the way, there's no correlation between the four wide ones <laughs> and Joe Madden and I don't know he's on a two he's on a two thirds of the time they it has no that has absolutely nothing to do with the way Mike Trout and Taylor Ward and those guys are hitting but you you can play that funny little game the Angels they've won six of their last eight and you know for the A's such a huge part you know we talked about where the A's are from the standpoint of three tough losses in Minnesota, all by one run, and now you then go to Detroit, and it's a five-game set in Detroit. Somebody's got to win that series. It's a rare five-game uh, series in Detroit where the A's had only played two of those in the last – this was the second in the last 26 years, and they actually end up taking four of five. So – you know, they had a team meeting that you're going to hear about that really wasn't reported. Mark Kotze really didn't want that to get out. So in the Mark Kotze show today, he excuse me, he will talk about uh, having that team meeting and the players really doing a good job responding to that team meeting. And there is no doubt if there's one thing that's been going on for the A's that that gives them hope, gives them a chance, it's been the pitching. And that shouldn't surprise you. It's what this is the hallmark of what this franchise does year in and year out. But, like, just recently, when you look at Adrian Martinez to Zach Logue, and you get back-to-back -back outings from rookies, one guy who's just in his second career start, the other guy making his debut, and you go 12 and a third without giving up a run by either of the guys – and almost equally impressive, it's just not the not giving up a run, not walking anybody, showing presence, showing poise, throwing strikes, utilizing your defense because neither guy is a big strikeout pitcher. I mean, A's pitching so far, what we have seen this season, and I would say especially what we saw in Detroit, can they carry it? Because if the A's are going to win games and be competitive, it's not going to be because of their offense, because we can get into all these offensive numbers. I'm not even sure how um, A's fans want to hear about it. The A's offense obviously has been struggling. It's been struggling to score runs. There's a lot of bad batting averages if you take out Sheldon Noisy, even though he's dropped now 
to well under 300. But the offense is not it, the offense is not what's going to get it done for the A's. If the A's are going to win games, it's going to be off pitching. It's going to be off defense. And defense definitely has been a lot better lately. But the number one thing has been, no question, has been pitching, starting pitching. And you can even credit the bullpen, Danny Jimenez and Jackson, uh, Zach Jackson just walked by us. I mean, the bullpen has been really good. But if you're going to say anything, the starting pitching has been fantastic. I mean, really, I mean, I'm not trying to blow up. I mean, the numbers support. Yeah, no, you're right. And the, the starting pitching has been great. Zach Logue has been a revelation. Adrian Martinez, as you mentioned. I went and looked up the advanced numbers on Zach Logue. Hitters are hitting are one for five versus slider this year. I know it's small sample size. As Brian Kenny would say, small sample theater. But I, the way he's looked, the bullpen, A.J. Puck coming into a nice little role for the A's. I'm not going to take full credit if he pans out to be a pretty good reliever, but you heard it here first. I said A.J. Puck would be good in that role. But I'm impressed. I mean, but what's even more impressive is last year the A's won 15 of 19 games first. These Anaheim Angels, now roster's completely different. But the Angels pitching has been unbelievable. Third in the AL and ERA, 337. First in innings pitched. A 211 team batting average allowed. That's the lowest in the AL. And their pitches are 4-1 and one over their last seven games of the 2-11 ERA. That's pretty good for an Angels team that might not have a starter go over 165 innings this year. Well, we'll see how that works for them long term. Yeah, I mean. You know, we're see- what, what we're seeing right now is we're seeing, we're seeing t- teams survive that. But are they going to be able to do that long term? I-, I-, I don't know. I know I've been a broken record on it, and I have not been a big fan of it. And our next our next guest, a World Series champion and All Star, he'll know as as well as anybody. But Mark Gubazal, you know what? It's been a long time yes. since we've seen you face to face. You've always on? been so good to us. It's great to have you back on the set. Chris, thanks. I mean, I, you know, when I was driving in today, I was like, it's the first time in three years I've been have been in this ballpark. I mean, I. So many great memories. I, I, I love coming here. I, I don't care what anybody says. I love coming here. Well, and, and I, you know, it's been a while, so I'll refresh people. As a kid growing up, George Brett was my guy, and I grew up in San Diego, and I used to drive up to watch you guys play at the Big A. So I was you know, such a big fan of yours as a kid now, which you've done for us all these years on the show. So whether I was watching you at the old Big A or what you've done for us here has always meant a lot, and it's great to see you, and it's great to have you guys back because it was so weird all these years just talking to you by phone. You know, we're talking to cardboard cutouts. I mean, it, it's just we're finally getting some normalcy back. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Just the conversation you're having with players and fans, uh, you know, so many fans even at the Big A, just, you know, pregame shows and stuff, just talking and, and as leaving the ballpark after a game. But even coming here today, seeing – you know, people that have been working here for almost when I was playing that long ago. And just to see the smile on their face, give everybody a hug and to say, uh, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. in a way, being in this division for so many years, a good part of your life, kind of growing up as a pro here. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of really good memories. I remember in this ballpark in an afternoon game, going against Ron Darling, pitched a one-hitter. And it was Mark McGuire hit a ground ball, a single. I'm still mad at that one. <laughs> still mad at that one. He never hit the ball on the ground. He hit the ball on the ground that day in the hole between short and third. Uh, so when you we, we're just talking about it because you know your 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 GM said in the off seasons hey listen the uh, the average team uses 13 starting pitchers a year now and it's just like wow and I I get the open and everything but you guys are already on nine with this kid going today 
And now we're looking at, will even an Angels pitcher even sniff 200 innings? How does a guy like you feel about that? Well, I mean, I, I think when you, when you look at the way this, the rotation is set up, it's generally going to be they're going to settle in with the six-man rotation. There's been a couple spots here and there, but uh, for the most part, those guys have taken the baseball and with Shohei Otani's routine. And then you have Noah Syndergaard coming back from his Tommy John surgery. So he had two innings pitched over the last two seasons. Michael Lorenzen, who's been outstanding too, he hadn't been a starter since 2015. So the, I think these guys are okay with a six-man rotation. I love that every once in a while we would go into a four-man rotation. I always felt four-man rotation is a better opportunity to pick up another W. Instead of waiting, going once a week, you have a chance to start twice a week almost every single time out. And there's always something about the shorter rest for a pitcher to where now you're going out there not max effort, which can bring more, let's say, movement into your pitches. We get so used to everybody's out there throwing it as hard as they can every pitch. Well, if you were going on four days, you knew you weren't going to try it. You were going to rely on breaking balls and keeping the ball down and movement, which actually can make you a more effective pitcher. That's a great point because you're seeing a lot of time, although you're seeing a little bit of shift more pitchers are using their sinker. I know Frankie Montas has a great sinker himself, and we'll see him on, on Sunday. But uh, there were so much the emphasis on swing and misses and swing and miss percentages that you kind of went away from the athleticism, all the players that are in the field. You're safe with, you'll see from the Angels – a lot of these guys are, are getting ground balls. I mean, they're like 40, 45, 50% ground ball rates almost. Even Noah Syndergaard used to throw 99 to 100 miles an hour with the Mets. He's still mid-90s, but he's getting a lot of ground balls. He's using the changeup. Lorenz is the same thing. A lot of these guys are getting baseballs hit on the ground because they got a real good fielding infield with Velasquez, and they got Wade Fletcher's out now for a while after having some surgery on his hips. And Anthony Rendon's been outstanding, and, and Jared Walsh at first base, so... There's great defense. Why not throw one or two pitches to get it out instead of have to go four or five to get exactly. a strikeout? Exactly. We're not going to allow anyone to really go over 100 pitches. Let's <laughs> maximize these pitches. Now, we've always said what happens if the Angels put it together. Yep. If everybody stays healthy for the most part and the big boys start to vibe together, what could it be like? Is that what we're now saying? Yeah, I mean, it's still so early. You don't want to go crazy this part of the year, but they haven't played this well. I mean, Mike Trout hasn't been in first place this time of the year in his career. Even though they had that great year in 2014 when they won, what, 98 games or whatever it was, they're playing. There was something cool about this team even in spring training going out in Tempe. I talked to Joe Madden about that. I said, there's something about this vibe. And bringing in some new, new guys like Syndergaard, when he's, he's running out on the mound to throw his first warm-up pitch before the guys were even off the field. So every, even the young guys. Reed Deppers did that the other day when he threw a no-hitter. He's running out there. There's, diff, there's a different vibe, different personalities where – before, everyone was, like, robotic. And it was not a knock on them, but everyone, that's just the routine they were. It's a completely different routine right now. Look at the track record for Joe Madden, his third year with the teams, whether it was the Rays, first two years didn't, <laughs> didn't go real well. Goes yeah. to the World Series. Then he goes, same thing with the Cubs. They, you know, then they get in the playoffs almost every year, and they, and they win a World Series. So he's comfortable now. The guys, 2020 and 2021 was difficult because you couldn't be around and really just share your personalities. But there's a lot of new guys from Tyler Wade, Another guy came over from Yankees. They call him Squid. These guys are all having a good time. I watched the A's over the years here. A lot of guys have been moved. But the personality really translates into like, we're still here. We're still here. When you look down the line here with the A's, it's a little different. Obviously, there's going to be the interview and maybe, uh, you know, they'll bring every single angel player up on the – I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but just noticing they're all game festivities. Does that show you something about yeah. the chemistry? Yeah, I mean, I get, when you said that, I got goosebumps thinking about it. I was watching that line. I'm like, wow, nobody laughed. Everyone's watching this. When the starter warms up the bullpen, you'll probably see that today. All the starters are right behind in unity. You don't win games without starting pitching. I mean, as much as, you know, sometimes you can not slug some teams, and you guys have some teams there for a long time, they can not slug anybody here. And win a team, win a building, I guess would be the way to put it, if you don't have good pitching. And starting pitching right now, they're, buy, they're buying into, 
we got to do this all together. And you'll see it. It's pretty fun to see that all standing at synagogue standing by you. Feel pretty comfortable there. Everyone else is protected around you. Too. Yeah, he's a big indie. <laughs> Charlie told me it's very true. He goes, that's the biggest human being I've ever seen today. <laughs> you look at Michael Lorenz's biceps. They look like my thighs. He's walking around with. So he got some guys. Joey Otani, by the way, is every bit of biggest too. too. So he got something going on right now. I mean, you got to stay healthy. I mean, Everyone's got to stay healthy. And uh, they're pitching very well right now. Well, if they want to take BP here, and he's just launching them out. He went, well, that's no fun. And you're like, man, this guy bitch. And here it's all together. We've started to really see that MVP that amazes you anymore about it. I think he's really evolved into a pitcher. Part of last year, he was out of his ball. Kind of like a Justin Verlander or a pitcher. He's crazy. He doesn't have a good splitter, so he's using a slider. Some days the slider's not going. He uses his curveball. Cut it. Then he'll go back to his splitter. He's much fun. His emotions when he gets Trevor Story seventh inning, he was really pumped up. Then he comes home and scores double left center field. And he's you know, and David Martinez brings in uh, Robles to play center, who's an outstanding defender in center field in that game with a great arm. Rendon hits the ball right at him, one hops him. He's getting the baseball, and Shohei's just touching third. I'm like, uh oh, he's there's no way. And lo and behold, he scores. I'm like, that's not a normal human being. The stuff he has been doing, really, I always say he's, he's not a normal human being at all. That's, that's how much fun it is. But he's having a good time. He's really embraced everything from, you know, from around the, globally through baseball and his teammates. And, and they're feeding off his, his energy and how much fun he's having. And he's a, he's a big-time prankster and everything else, too. So he's having a good time. I always laugh when people talk about, like, you know, the angels and they talk about the lifestyle. I'm like, you're living in Orange County. I don't know if you're living in Newport or Huntington or Laguna, but seriously, life's pretty good when you're playing for the Angels. It's not that. It's not tough sledding. Well, there's always that expectation. The question every year is: Is Mike Trout getting into the postseason? So, you know that that's a, there's a lot of pressure on whether it's Joe Manor or Perry Manassian, the general manager. That's why he went out and, and decided not only get arms. And we talked a lot during the wintertime. He wants guys with an edge. So there's a little different edge to these pitchers than the guys that are just going out there throwing strikes. So that was part of the reason and part of the team they were putting together. Yes, it's a great place to play. The weather's always perfect. Uh, but if you don't win, it doesn't matter. you got to win. you got to get to the postseason. When you have two iconic players on your team, You everyone has to see them in October, in my opinion. But they're not, nobody's going to give it to them. they got to fight their way to get there. Are you guys wearing the cowboy hats in the booth too? Uh, you know what? I, you know me. I, it's not my gig. I mean, because uh, you're we, old school. Because <laughs> well, I put it on one day and it was pretty fun. But you know, that's their thing. I, I, I love what they're doing. I mean, I, I love the players when they have their things. Yeah. I, mean, I love with you know the jacket what they have with the Blue Jays and they had the shopping cart with the, you know the Red Sox. You know they had what the the fork here the the what's it called. You guys have a Triton. Triton, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I love that stuff. But it's their gig. And, and that's that's where they, they build that camaraderie, the chemistry of a team. So there's no reason for me to put that hat on. You mean you mean Hal McRae and George Brett didn't have Tritons and shopping <laughs> carts and cowboy hats back in the day? Oh, uh, you know what? If when they, you were taking on the Yankees if, in those battles? Oh, I'm sure if it would have been against the Yankees, they would have did anything possible to show up the Yankees back in the day. <laughs> I, I told you that story one time. I, I made the big leagues in 84. And George Brady said a few choice words in, in the middle of this, but he said, I don't care if we lose every game as long as we beat the bleeping, 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 bleeping Yankees every game. That's all. I'm like, wow. I mean, because they had battles for years. The, you know, they went through three, three straight years. They lost in, in the playoffs to the Yankees, and finally they beat them in 80 to get to the World Series. They eventually lost to the Phillies that year, but there were some epic battles there, and, and it continued on, and, and I, I, it was being a Philly guy was pretty cool for me not to dis dislike you know New York anyhow so that was pretty cool uh Taylor Ward is leading MLB in OPS and I saw a breakdown and you know people say ah oh, his leg kicks a little bit 
whatever that there's something that's different. There's something that what, what what's going on there? Well, he's definitely changed his swing from a few years ago. He was really into trying to lift everything in the air. You know, we can get into launch angles and all yeah. the other things, the terminologies. But he's more he's patient. But although he'll jump first pitch still and have a lot of success, he's more on the line. He's hitting the ball right center field, left center field. He'll turn on the ball like he did the other day, pinch hitting, hit a two run home run. Joe Madden said in spring training, he's our everyday right fielder. And I remember just thinking, okay, you got Joe Adele and you got Brandon Marsh, your two corner outfielders around with Mike Trout, and these guys are your future. You know, and Taylor's, you know, he's played a number of different positions, whether he was a catcher when he was drafted, he's played third, everywhere he's been around. So I'm thinking, how does he give him that job without, you know, just this handful of games in spring training? Well, it was only 15 games or whatever it was in spring training. What made Joe Madden think that? And then I, I thought about like guys like Justin Turner or Chris Taylor with the Dodgers where everyone discarded them and all of a sudden they were outstanding players. When you have a manager who believes in you and, and you have success, sometimes that player finally flourishes. He was a first-round draft pick. There's a reason why he was a first-rounder. He's hitting everything hard. I mean, he's home, hitting home runs on breaking balls. He's hitting home runs on fastballs. He had two home runs against Shane Bieber on three two pitches. He hit out. So, for me, when you're hitting home runs off Shane Bieber, you're doing something right. Yeah, you just look at the numbers, and, you know, you're always, like, looking like Trout Otani, like this guy. Yeah. I mean, wow. that's, you, don't, don't, you don't hear it often where he has a higher OPS than Trout. Yeah. <laughs> Although Trout's is pretty good, too, though. But uh, those two at the top, because he's great for Trout because he's seeing a lot of pitches. Even if he's swinging the first pitch and misses it, you're looking up, he's still seeing five, six, seven pitches. I mean, he's not like one of those, you know, Scott Hatterberg guy who's going to just work counts. Who was, he was a solid player himself, but he's up there with a purpose. Anything anywhere near his zone, he hits the ball hard. So for you, we'll end on this. What's the best part about being back, being out on the road again? Just seeing you and seeing people. I, I'm, a, I'm a people person. That's why everyone jokes around. He goes, where do you get the energy? I said, because I'm seeing people. Being When you're stuck in your house and you're sitting there on a phone or a Zoom call, uh, I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm not real good on Zoom call. <laughs> First of all, I got bad internet. I'm always like I'm freezing up there. And they're like, what's wrong with you? How come you have better internet? I go, because I don't. That's why I don't have it. But I just love being around, going to see different people that I've either played against, played with, now seeing all these incredible young stars. There's so many. We just saw Juan Soto when the Nationals were in town. There's so many incredible young players. You know, Juan DeFranco with the, the, the Rays. It's amazing the talent in the game right now. And I think – if we all just embrace it and not worry about all the things we're trying to change in the game, just embrace the fact that there's some unbelievable talent, this game is going to thrive. You are the best, and it's always an honor to have you. Whether it's on the radio and we're, we're doing it, we're doing it to buy phone, but to have you here means a lot. Listen, I appreciate it. Like I said, I was looking forward to coming down here. I always love coming down here. I've, I had to back up here too many times as a player. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm backing up over here again. <laughs> Could somebody just please stay at second base? <laughs> that, is, that, that is a very humble World Series champion all-star right there, Mark Gubazov. Thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate it, my friend. Be well, and we'll, uh, next time we'll get Thanks. back into some Bo Jackson stories. Well, <laughs> I tried to get Bo and show to meet each other in Chicago, but he was out of town because I said, Bo, no show. That would have been the perfect scenario there. But they're going to get together at some point because – that's a, like a, not a human being, and that's not a human being either. So they got to meet together at some point. I got to give you some of my time working for the Raiders. I got some unbelievable Bo Jackson Raider stories. Oh, I can only like, imagine. It's like, yeah, that is two. When you talk about two unicorn freaks, yeah, yes. Shoei and Bo together. Yeah. Bo, no show. That's going to have to happen. You couldn't put that on a baseball card. <laughs> yes. All right, be Appreciate well, my friend. Thanks, man. Appreciate we got it. Zach Logue coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi everyone, Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Zach Logue is going to join us coming up here. Boy, what a start he's had, huh? Come out of the bullpen, get your first W in your debut. Immediately they send you back down, they bring you up. And then two really good starts, first career win. And I remember texting Alex Jensen, who was doing the games in Detroit. I'm like, what, what's there not to like? All he does is come out. He gets ahead of you. He throws strikes. He's obviously very competitive, and he's going to join us coming up here. And I wonder if it's got that hockey mentality, but whatever it is, he's definitely not afraid, and he's taking advantage of his situation. And it's something, as we've talked about this year being the year of discovery, he's definitely a guy we want to see more of, and he joins us now. Welcome to our set, Ace Ace Cast Live. I'm Chris Townsend. I do all the Ace stuff, and uh, welcome to what we do here on Ace Cast Live. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. So how are you feeling after that last start? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, You know, I I felt a little bit more comfortable out there than uh, the start in Minnesota. Um, so I was able to, you know, have a little bit more control of myself, kind of attack hitters early, and uh, I thought that that made a big difference getting getting ahead of a lot of guys. Well, that's one thing that, that I've really enjoyed, and we talked about that with you and Adrian Martinez, with the fact that here you go, you know, the for you now, you, you've already got the relief appearance, you got the start, so, but for him, adrenaline's pumping, and really, for you guys back-to-back, to not walk anybody, yes, zero runs is the best right but not to walk anybody especially when you're someone who's not out there trying to strike everybody out that's key for you yeah exactly um that was a big emphasis for me last year not that i've walked a ton of people but just limiting those free passes is huge because you know you give up a free pass and then a a blue pit and then a a single and that's a run maybe two runs and you you know could have got out of that with zero or or one um so yeah just limiting the free passes i think kind of helps to limit those big those big innings just talk about what it was like, debut, W, sent back down, and then you just, after that, you don't know. You know you're probably going to come back, but just what was that like? Yeah, um, so, yeah, I went up to Toronto, which was obviously my former team. I, I didn't get in there, but it was cool to see with some of the guys that, that I had come up with and stuff like that. Uh, came back here, was here for the home opener, which was awesome, and then got in the next day. Um, had some family in town, which was awesome. But yeah, there was uh, there was definitely some nerves going. I'm I don't normally come out of the bullpen, uh, so that was a different routine for me, especially. But uh, I just wanted to go out there, fill up the zone, kind of attack guys, and see what happened. And uh, 
it was a 1-0 ball game, so it was close. So I knew I needed to, to you know, put up a zero. Um, went out there, was able to do that. And then Castellani came in and got me out of a bit of a jam. And then, uh, yeah, I just happened to be in when we scored those two runs. So yeah. kind of lucked into that win. But um, to have it all happen in the same game was pretty pretty special. And then you come back, and then here you go again. You know, now you're starting. Obviously, that's a whole different ball game. Coming out of the bullpen, you went down there. Yeah, yeah, maybe a good idea you're going to pitch or not. But now you're starting. Now you're back into your routine as a starter, going from the hotel, getting here at a certain point, when you play long toss, when you run, how you warm up. What was that like? Yeah, um, I definitely feel more comfortable with that. I've done that pretty much my entire pro career. So I kind of have that routine pretty set in my mind, which, you know, put me at ease a little bit. But, you know, you go out in Minnesota, it's a pretty big park. There's fans there. I definitely had some uh, some jitters going the first couple innings. Um, but, you know, I was able to limit some damage there, and then I was able to settle in. But, yeah, I felt a little bit more comfortable com coming in on the start. So right now where you are after a couple starts, just how do you feel confidence-wise in what you're doing and what you're working on and having that confidence that you've showed us basically you, you're fearless? Yeah, uh, kind of like you said, when you come up here, you don't really know how the stuff's going to play. You know, it may, it may work in the minor leagues, and what you do there might not work here. But, um, you know, you, you throw some good pitches, you execute what you're, what you're wanting to, and you get the results you want. That definitely builds confidence. Um, so, for me, it's all about executing pitches. And, yeah, like you said, I, I like to come after guys. I don't mind pitching inside uh, no matter who's at the plate. Um, I think that's part of what, what makes me good and part of what I have to do, given that I don't, I'm not throwing 95, 96 out there. So, I kind of have to be able to move the ball around, mix it up, and uh, use the entire zone. There is a whole lot of information in baseball. I mean, you can get everything you want on every single player. We're looking over the Angels right now. Yeah. You can get everything you want, and it's all through baseball, more obviously here at the big league level. How much do you delve into it to prepare yourself? Are you one of those guys that is, like, all about watching video, all looking at everything, or is more just about you? Yeah, I, I definitely have started to watch a little bit more video. Um, I think in the big leagues there's guys that – have you know pretty pretty impressive strengths and you want to know what those are um, but a lot of it for me I think comes down to just executing a good pitch um, one of the things that I think you got to remind yourself is that no matter where you are hitting is really really hard and uh, coming after guys mixing it up you know mixing up location and pitches and all that stuff uh, at the end of the day is probably still going to win no matter who's at the plate um, but yeah there's definitely a little bit you know, a little bit more research done before a start, I think, up here just because there are guys that are that good. There is a pitcher that comes on this program all the time. He's a Hall of Famer, Tom Glavin, uh, a hockey guy, was yeah. drafted. Uh, who's he drafted by? Was he drafted by the Kings, right? Yeah, yeah, because he talked about how he could replace Luke Robitaille on, their, on the line. Yeah, better than bump, Luke, bump, Luke Robitaille, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and he's always talked about, you know, in hockey, a very physical game. And I covered the Sharks for years. And there's something about hockey players is a different mentality. You're a hockey guy. Yeah. Talk about how hockey helps you on the mound. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if it's similar to Tom Glavin, <laughs> the Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, I've, I've talked about this before with some other people. And I think hockey is just such a – it's such a, like, you got to be mentally tough. you got to be physically tough. It's just kind of like a blue-collar mentality. And you might go out there, you might take a slap shot off the shin or off the foot. But you've got you to finish your shift. Uh, for your teammates. So I think, 
you just got you just got to be tough no matter what's going on around you no matter if you're playing well or your team's playing well you can just you got to control what you can control and uh go out there and kind of have that bulldog mentality so were you a goal scorer <laughs> um i kind of i was more of an assist guy i played i played wing so i was happy to feed it to the guys that had a little bit a little bit better shot than i did you didn't have the pop huh <laughs> didn't quite have the pop <laughs> you know i was i was a bit of a late bloomer so i was kind of smart not that i'm huge now but yeah. i was really skinny and stuff like that i was pretty fast but no i didn't i didn't quite have the pop that some of the bigger guys on our team did. yeah there's there's definitely a toughness you got to have to play that sport mm -hmm. a lot of you know out here, we don't know. We don't grow up on frozen ponds <laughs> in California, but there's a there's a mentality, especially a toughness to play that sport. Yeah, yeah. I, I love hockey. I still love watching it. I wouldn't say I follow it super closely, but I love it because, you know, those guys are out there and they're putting their bodies on the line for their team, and uh, that's just something you really got to respect, and I, I love watching, especially the playoffs. It's a lot of fun. Independent ball changed your career. How? So... In the, the COVID 2020 season, I didn't I wasn't invited to the alternate site for the Blue Jays, so I was just kind of stuck at home. And you know, the first couple months, I was playing catch and throwing bullpens with some friends in the area, but you know, you can only get so much work in doing that. And uh, there was a it was the Florence Freedom and the Lexington Legends. They put together a little four team league, and a bunch of pro guys and you know just normal people just came and tried out and wanted to get a little baseball in over the summer. And uh, the competition actually ended up being pretty good. Uh, Brandon Phillips played for one of the teams, so I got to yeah. face some, you know, some some real some real guys and some guys that played Double A, Triple A at the time. Um, so it was really really good to get that comp competition, and that's kind of when I developed my cutter. And seeing reactions from that was huge going going into 2021, the next year. Yeah, I remember, you know, we had the guys that went down to San Jose. It's the San Jose Giants, which is obviously with the San Francisco Giants. But we took over that site and, you know, like Cap was there. We talked to a few guys that were there and it was like great for them. But everybody else, I mean, like, what, what, what the hell is everybody going to do? It's exactly. like you, you lost a year of your career. So. Mm -hmm. That's kind of always been a question. What did everybody do? We know right. some people retired. Some people went out and got jobs. Yeah. I mean, that had to be so tough for all of you guys. It was. It was tough because at first we went home and we're like, oh, we'll be at home for, you know, no more than two weeks and then we'll come back and we'll just start this thing back up. And then, you know, a month goes by, a month and a half, two months goes by and we haven't heard anything. So there's just so much unknown and, you know, we're not getting any younger over here and you can get old in this game really, really fast. Um, so yeah, the unknown was really, really hard, but I'm glad I got to, you know, get some game experience and not lose that, that feel for it, um, for an entire season. You know, for me as a former pitcher, I was a short right-hander. You understand yep. what short, um, what scared me about the cutter, especially always playing against metal bats in college <laughs> versus, yeah. uh, it's like. If it doesn't really cut that much, this thing is just right. At least with a slider, yeah. I know it's a strikeout pitch. I got. I'm, I'm. I'm. Once you get that, though, it's amazing how it doesn't move that much. But hitters just—they don't react well to it. They yeah. just can't barrel it up. Right. Right. And I'm. Even though I don't throw super hard, I'm a guy that that throws a lot of fastballs. I have. You know, I trust my fastball a lot of the time. Um, so, you know, I got to double A in 2019, and I got, had guys that were just selling out to heaters and, and barreling them up pretty good. So I knew I needed something to just get them off the fastball just that much. And like you said, it doesn't move a ton, um, but it's, you know, it looks like a fastball the majority of the way, and it gets off the barrel just that much to get, to get off and jam them or swing and miss or whatever it might be. 
Were you at any point, maybe this is just us who have been around the game a long time now, are kind of shell-shocked that we don't allow pitchers to pitch, <laughs> even though that's your job is to pitch? Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I saw, like, my God, he's at 94 pitches. Like, he's still out there. Is that weird to you guys? Because for us, we were so used to guys going 120, 115. Mm-hmm. They now don't allow you guys to pitch. Were, were you shocked you were still out there? Um, you know, I figured they might let me go out there for another one and kind of be a batter-to-batter you situation. Were yeah, I, I felt good. I think that was part of it, and we had a big lead. So I think with the doubleheader the day before, and then we have a doubleheader tomorrow, trying to conserve that bullpen was is big. So I think they were just trying to let me get as many outs as I could for the team. Um, I figured – if a guy or a couple of guys got on, I might come out. Um, but, yeah, like you said, in the minor leagues even, you know, you're not really not going past 90 pitches. Um, so it was good to kind of – it's nice to go out there and know it's kind of your ball game. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to go until you can't go anymore, basically, which is, which is what I think a lot of us enjoy about pitching. What has surprised you the most about being at the big league level? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's – there's some, you know, there's some things that I, that did. It's the same game, you know what I mean. It's still yeah, baseball. Baseball, yeah. Um, you know, I think you see all these guys on TV, and uh, you think, oh my gosh, they're so good, and and a lot of them are, but it's still baseball. Um, so I think, you know, how, knowing that is kind of comforting, you know what I mean. But I mean, it, it's awesome. They treat you so well up here, and the guys on the team, and the coaches, and the staff all over here have been awesome to me. So yeah, I got I got no complaints. Yeah, I mean. Last series, Miguel Cabrera, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, Mike Trout, when it's all said and done, is going to be one of the greatest players to have ever played. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani, God, we have – I mean, it's crazy what he's doing, yeah, right? It's I mean, it's, it's just like – it's like every series, you know, for the most part, you're playing against somebody or – or you're playing against a certain team where you just it, – it's wow. It's the best of the best in the world. It is. It, it is surreal. You know, I, I obviously knew Miggy was in the lineup that night, but, you know, you kind of walk around and then all of a sudden they announce Miguel Cabrera over the loudspeaker and you're like, oh, oh gosh, like he's about to step in and I got to I gotta go after him. So, that yeah, that moment that he stepped in was, was pretty surreal. And, yeah, you look over on the other side and they got Trout and Otani and – all these guys. So it is It is a little bit surreal to share a field with with those guys. But like I said, it's still baseball, and we're all going out there and having fun. Well, I've talked about this year as the year of discovery, and let's find out the guys that can help us win now, and let's, you know, the guys that can help us win in the future. I see you as one of those guys. You keep putting up zeros. I mean, you go to Emerson, you go to Cots, you're like, hey, I'm ready to go every five days, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the goal, like you said, is we want to help this team win, and uh, that's what it's all about in the big league. So, like you said, just trying to put up zeros, trying to go deep into ball games, and give our, our guys a chance to win and, and finish it off for us. So, uh, yeah, that's what it's all about, just trying to do my best. Let's end on this. So we did the Mark Kotze show earlier today, and he told us about the team meeting. That really hadn't gotten out, but he wanted to talk about it now. Yeah. Just what was that like? What did it mean? And how did it help you guys in Detroit? Yeah, um, so basically the message was early early in the year we were playing with confidence. We were, you know, I, most people don't expect a whole lot from us, and I think we kind of took that as a chip on our shoulder. People were playing with confidence, going out there trying to prove some people wrong. And then, you know, at, at home I wasn't here for most of it, but, you know, a few things didn't go our way. And, you know, you can, you can get down in the dumps. It's a tough game. Um, it's a game of failure, like everybody says. Um, so he just wanted to, to to get across that we need to play with confidence. We need to play with a little bit of swag. And uh, 
I thought Paul Blackburn did a great job. He went out there and, and gave us an awesome outing and uh, put up a ton of zeros. I, th I don't think we gave up any runs that game. And, you know, we just went from there. We played with a little bit of confidence. And, you know, I love watching Tony Kemp over there at second base. He plays with a ton of energy. Pache plays with a ton of energy. So you get those guys going, and it just kind of gets rolling from there. Hey, awesome stuff. Great to meet you. And hopefully we're doing this for years. Absolutely. That would be years. awesome. That would be perfect. I we, would love it. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Com. Streaming from Ricky Henderson Field, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. So leading off for the Angels is a guy that has the best OPS. How can he have the best OPS? If Trout has, if Trout leads baseball in on-base percentage and slugging, that's what OPS is. He leads in both categories. Correct. Is Taylor Ward in one of the categories just so far ahead of Trout that that's why he leads OPS? Well, how is that possible if Trout leads in both? Because one of whichever one, I'd probably say his slugging is so much higher than Trout's. But doesn't Trout lead in sluggage? slugging? Is that what you just said? Yeah. So how is that possible? That's true. <laughs> the notes are wrong. Something's got to give here. Yeah, well, that's a. But whatever, Ward, Trout, Otani, Rendon, Walsh. Is that is that? Wait, is Rendon hitting left or right? Oh, uh, I, for, I forgot to ask Gooby. It's ab okay. About the. I forgot to ask Gooby about the. Uh, the, the integrity police. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Yeah. You, you know what? Gooby, if you're in, like, the elevator or the bathroom listening, we wanted to ask you because everybody came down our road about, about, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't bunt at this point, you can't steal bases when the score is this. Oh. But yet it's okay to have a position player get up there with another guy who gets up there and hits left-handed for the first time. Yeah, I'm not a, I thought it was awesome, but you know, I thought can't, it was have, it both great. can't I, have it both ways. I thought it was great theater. But I don't have a problem with the guy stealing bases and still patting the stats no matter what the score is. Agreed. What, do guys stop throwing passes in the NFL when it's 24 nothing? No. No. Does Steph Curry stop shooting when they're up by 20? No. Although they lost by like 40 the other night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the we great got, Scott Emerson We got to ask him next by. time if a mustache is a part of a beard. One question. One question. We have a simple less than a minute won't take that much of your time. Since Cody has a beard, you have a beard. This is hard-hitting stuff. This might be the most important question of your day. Go ahead. 
Is a mustache a part of a beard? Yes. There you have it. Can you have a beard without a mustache? Yes. Mm, uh, I always feel the I'm, I'm the other way. See, I have a beard, so it makes it, my face look like I have a chin. Same. That's why I do it. That's why I do it. I facially can't grow, so I'm not <laughs> even in this conversation. I'm not man enough to grow facial hair, so I can't even, I can't, I can't. I, I got to step, take a step back, can't have an opinion. Well, mine's not very good, so. You're a handsome man. Don't kid yourself. That's all we needed. Thank you. Thank you for answering, answering hey, by that By the question. way, by the way, if you need anybody else to talk more about you on TV, just let me know. Sounds good. Just let me know. Thanks. There you go. All right, time now for the Mark Katze Show right here on A's Cast Live. Time now for the Mark Katze Show here on A's Cast, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to one of their locations in the Bay Area, or you shop online, nestbedding.com. When you're there, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order for your mattress, your pillows, your bedding, you name it. So either in their stores in the Bay Area or online, nestbedding.com, use the coupon code Oakland. Mark, how are you? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, I know we joked off the air that it felt like we were just moving to Detroit, but, uh, you know, five games in four days there. Uh, back home now for another four games in three days. So it's a little bit of a grind right now. I got to tell you, the five game is really interesting because it's like, I feel like I know the Detroit Tigers. Like, I feel like I could do Tiger pre and post game. I know them so well. I mean, what was that like as a manager? What was it like for the players? Because this is not something that happens very often. We see it in the minor leagues, but not in the big leagues. Yeah, no, you know, sometimes you, you, you fear – if there's an incident hap- that happens between the two teams and you've got five full games and, uh, you know, th- that it gets to a point where it's out of control or it escalates to, you know, some tension. But uh, fortunately, there were clean games between both teams. Uh, we came out on the positive side. Um, but, you know, one thing that you, you kind of not, not get relaxed necessarily, but you do all your advance on a team and then generally, you know, two days later, you're, you're, often playing someone else so it did give us a little bit of of freedom to uh to have uh some enjoyment there but the double header uh in between on game two or day two uh took a lot of time out of out of our day what has it meant to you to get innings out of your starters to to help out the bullpen and just help you out from a stand where you're not stressing about having enough arms. And as you said, another double header coming up here. Yeah, no, the, the starting rotation has done a tremendous job. I don't know where they sit in terms of uh, <clears throat> against the league average, but I feel like they've provided us, you know, five plus innings, um, you know, every time they go out. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to get those type of performances, as you said, it helps the bullpen, and um, you know the bullpen's been been solid. Um, we've got a lot of different guys down there that, that, that fulfilled a lot of different roles, and uh, you know that culture still maintains that mindset that it's about getting outs, and and I think we've seen that over this road trip. I mean, Kotz, you're you're looking at a situation. You got back to back games where you got Zach Logue and Adrian Martinez. Martinez making his debut. Logue, it's just his second career start. You got 12 and a third innings of scoreless baseball, no walks. I mean, just take us through that. What you're, I mean, these kids come up and they've been dazzling for you. 
Yeah, you know, it's great to see um, both of these kids, Adrian Martinez, we we acquired in the in the Sean Mania deal. Um, you know, in Vegas, it's difficult, I think, to uh, to pitch in Vegas. Looking at their lines and their numbers, I don't think it gives them a fair assessment. Although the one thing that does stand out is whether they throw strikes, and Adrian hadn't you know necessarily done that consistently in AAA. Uh, and when he came up for his start uh, in Detroit, um, he actually through strikes and was very impressive, mixed his pitches, his breaking ball was sharp, uh, and his changeup, which I believe is, is more or less a screwball action, um, was really impressive. So as we talk about, you know, on the mound, it's about commanding the baseball, throwing strikes and limiting, uh, you know, the amount of base runners you can, you know, uh, stay away from. So Adrian and Zach both had great performances, and, and as you said, it, it helped us going into uh, into this weekend for sure. Talk about the confidence you have in Danny Jimenez at the end of games now. Yeah, Danny's done a tremendous job um, settling in. Um, you know, he's fulfilling the back end of this bullpen role. Um, he's had success, and, uh, you know, it's fun to watch him. He, he feel, I feel like there's a bit of ice in his veins. Um, he's not scared to throw a three-two breaking ball as he did yesterday to the leadoff hitter in the ninth, um, and got a swing and miss on a chase. But uh, you know, Danny's done a good job, and, and I'm real happy for Danny. Uh, you know, he had a a grind to get here to the big leagues. Um, as we all know, he was a part of this organization for a brief moment uh, last spring training, and uh, and was sent back out to the Giants, I believe, and then it ended up pitching in the Toronto. Uh, in the AAA level and, and, and closing games for them there and had success. So it's good to see him having success here with us. You know, we're almost uh, about a month and a half in, into the season, so there, there's quite a few games underneath your guy's belt. What have you really learned about your ball club so far? Well, I do know that they fight, that's for sure. Um, they care about one another. You can see the energy in the dugout yesterday uh, when Brownie hit that home run in the eighth inning. Um, you know, they've come together as, as a team, um, you know, they rally around each other and, uh, you know, obviously we've gone through a tough stretch here, um, a, a few weeks ago, or maybe less than a few weeks ago, uh, where we lost several games in a row. Um, you know, and I did feel like there was a tick of, of, of a lack of confidence in that room. And, uh, we addressed that we, we got through it and, and they responded and, uh, you couldn't be happier with, with how we played in Detroit. Um, but we continue to make adjustments. We continue to, to uh, you know, try to get better uh, on a daily basis and, and come to the ballpark with the expectation to win. Yeah, and really the first big hurdle for you as a manager, when you lose nine in a row, you don't want everybody feeling like the sky is falling on you. And I think you have to be really proud that after that, you saw your team win four out of five in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that shows some character there. And, uh, you know, uh, that Monday afternoon in Detroit, uh, we did have a short brief meeting together. Uh, the message was it was it was direct. It was it was, you know, that uh, in my mind, uh, there was a lack of confidence and we had, you know, uh, fallen into this this grind and this rut. Um, and, uh, you know, as a team, we started out. Uh, with no expectations, and, and we played really good baseball. We beat some really good teams. And, uh, you know, for me, that, that shows that we can compete. We can play uh, on any field with any team. And, you know, and I think through that period of time where we lost several games, we got down on ourselves. We started pressing a little bit, and, and you could see it in their, in their approaches at the plate. You could see it in the bullpen a little bit. 
Um, but we, we, you know, we, like you said, uh, we rebounded and we had a good, uh, good series in Detroit. Now meetings, speeches, all that kind of stuff is great. But if you do it too much, guys start rolling their eyes. They don't buy in. How important is it when you do call that meeting, you know, think about yourself as a player, as a coach, now as a manager, that it has to be right. Cause you can't, if you go to that card too many times, it just won't work. No, you, you said it perfectly. Um, you've got to be able to feel the heartbeat of the team. You got to be able to feel the guys, uh, you know, in, in their temperaments and, and what they're going through and, and, uh, and really just what needs to be said and, and, and what they need to hear. So um, you got to pick your spots and hope that the team responds. And, and they did. They won that night to nothing. Um, we got to shake hands. We talked about shaking hands after that meeting. And, um, you know, it, it always feels good when, when uh, uh, you walk out of there and, you know, the, the message was sent. They responded. We got wins. Uh, but more than just the wins, it was, it was just you could see the group uh, kind of take a breath and say, you know, you're right. Um, you know, we, we, we are good. We are a good team. And, uh, but it, it's human nature to get down on yourselves when, when the losses stack up. And, and, uh, and like you said, you feel like the sky is falling, right? Well, now you got the Halos coming to town, and they're healthy. They're starting to hit. All the stars are starting to hit. What, what's your advanced scouts, and what's the uh, data looking like on the Halos for these four games? Well, they, they are a really good team. Um, there's no doubt. Um, you know, they have some, some all-star players on their team that, um, you know, future Hall of Famer, possibly Mike Trout, um, you know. But, hey, they're their baseball team. And, uh, you know, they've got to come into to our Coliseum and, and you know, uh, play the game. Um, you know, they, they're up and down their lineup. Uh, they're pretty solid. Um, tonight they're throwing a, a younger pitcher um, that they've called up from double A. So, um, you know, I think overall um, we'll get to see them for the first time. And, and at that point we can, uh, we can assess, you know, whether their um, record speaks for them you know, or, uh, you know, we can, we can get some wins this weekend. When Mike Trout is looming and, and you're looking at your scorecard and you're always following, okay, when's this guy going to come up? Uh, you're going to get that for the first time as a skipper. What do you think that's going to be like? And how much are you always looking to see when he he's coming up on deck and then coming to the play? Well, you know, when he's coming up on deck, but in terms of, you know, whether we pitch to him or not, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk that through as a staff. Um, you know, he, he's having a great year. He's off to a great start, as you're talking about. Um, you know, we'll try to limit the damage. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> um, the game will tell us what to do, really. And when you think about Shohei Otani, I just wonder, do you ever sit back and go, man, I could have done that? Because you could have done that. I, I watched you do it. I experienced that in college. I saw you do that. I mean, do you ever sit there and go, man, I would have loved to have that shot? Well, that would have been fun. I don't think I would have had the success that he's had. Um, you know, it's definitely a a grind. And, and, and a, you know, for him, um, you watch him, you know, I mean, he's a really, really um, talented individual. I would be nowhere near that talented. Uh, I appreciate the, the, the compliments, but, uh, you know, Shohei, um, I guess in, in 
you look at it in baseball terms, and the only person that really comes to mind is Babe Ruth, really. I know. It's absolutely crazy when you think about it. And let's end on this. After that, you got the Twins again. And if you look back at that Twins series, yeah, you were swept, but every game was by one run, and you guys were so back and forth in that. What do you think about seeing the Twins again so fast? Yeah, you know, this, these schedules, it's, it's Angels, Twins, Angels. So uh, in the next 10 games, uh, you know, two teams that, that are um, playing really good baseball. So um, like you said, we played really good baseball against the Twins in, in Minnesota. We didn't come on, on the right end. But, uh, you know, we obviously know we can compete. We can play with them. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, it'll be our turn to win those one-run ball games against them. I got to tell you, when you look at it, like I, I'm, I'm looking at my scorebook right now. So you're seven and seven against the East. You're four and seven against the Central. You've only played one game in division. It's like, where is the West? Are we still in the West? It's crazy how little you played in division. Yeah, well, we're going to run in division here. I think we've got 21 of our next 24 maybe in division. So um, we're getting to see. We we'll get to see these uh, teams that um, you know. Obviously, we're competing against to get in the postseason, and uh, you know we'll, we'll assess where we uh, where we fall uh, through these next uh, twenty five games. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Friday. All right, Tony. Thanks for having me, bud. Very rare can you go from the manager show to the general manager show. David Force is with us here on A's Cast Live, and. Uh, that it just that gives you the opportunity to go. You know what? I don't agree with anything you had to say. <laughs> I feel like the headliner went first, and now I'm now the crowd's all warmed up. I got nothing to offer. Oh, you're the veteran here. Are you kidding me? He's the rookie. He's setting you up. Hey, he's got like six months on me. He's the old man in this uh, in this dynamic. So, so interesting trip, and we talked to him about it. Like, man, only two times in 26 years where you have a five game set. I know you're used yeah. to that in AAA, but like. I mean, after we got done, I felt like I could do Tiger's pre- and post-game show. We knew him so well. Like, I'm not used to that. I kind of liked it. It was interesting. Yep. It would be really interesting if there were some dust-ups early. But uh, what would you think about that? Yeah, look, it's a lot of baseball to play against one team. And, and you know, to your point, I'm glad there weren't any dust-ups early because yeah. that's what we worry about in the minor leagues when you play a team six straight days is that, you know, you're going to get too familiar with one another. But – um, but no, I, look, I thought we played great. I thought we, we did a good job exploiting some of the things that we learned about them over the course of the series. And, you know, credit to Emo and Marcus and their game planning with the pitchers. We did a great job. You know, the great thing about what we do here with AceCast and AceCast Live is we really give yourself and, and Mark a chance to, you know, talk about stuff that, you know, you're just not going to do with the beat writers all the time. And he talked about he wanted to open up now. He wanted to let it breathe a little bit. But the whole meeting that they had in Detroit, yeah. and we talked about that. And he wanted to talk about it today. And because you can't have meetings all the time. Because if you have meetings all the time, you know, your guys are going to start rolling their eyes and not For care. Sure. Um, a very productive meeting that's good to see. For, for sure, yeah. And he – he talked to me a little bit while we were in Minnesota about some of the things he wanted to, to say to the hitters and trying to pick the right spot. And look, after you after you lose nine straight, like it's probably a bit, pretty good time to say something and get it off your chest. And uh, he felt like it went really well at the time. And obviously, the results kind of speak for themselves. I know he he and, and Tommy and Crony wanted to talk to the hitters about some of the 
some of the things that, that felt like other teams were exploiting with us and, and hitting the ball in the air and not having anything to show for it. And we needed to play more team offense, and I thought they did a nice job of it. You know, when you think about that losing streak, because that's kind of been like I know with the fans, there's always that, oh, no, is this is when the floor is going to drop. And, unfortunately, you lose nine straight. That happens real fast. What that? What's that like? You're not used to that. Yeah. What's it like? How frustrating is it? I'm sure you want to make a ton of moves, but just just take us through that. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, you you get to a point where you almost forget, you know, forget what it looks like to win a game. I mean, as a as a player, you know, I think you always have this idea that you're one hit away or, or, or you know, or one good game away. You know, when you have to sit there and watch, you sort of forget what this team does well and, and how, you know, how well we can pitch, how well we can put, you know, base runners on. And, and you almost say, like, God, I don't remember what it looks like when we win. So it, it's nice to sort of have a game to bounce out of it and then put on top of it, you know, three more, you know, winning four out of five to say, like, oh, wait. This team does have the ability to get guys on, move guys over, get them in. The pitchers do have the ability to throw up some zeros, um, and, and we're not going to be stuck in that, you know, sort of that pattern that we got into in those three series. Well, Minnesota, those three games were all close. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've been calling this the year of discovery. Let's find the guys that can help now and help later. And we just had Zach Logan, and I think about Martinez and his debut. You got guys going out there. Not walking anybody, not giving up any runs, young players who you acquired in a couple trades. How nice is it to see the guys from the trades helping out now? 100%. Well, you 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 said it, not walking anybody. It's something, huge. something we've always preached with our pitching. Emo's done a great job. You, you don't put guys on base, you give yourself a chance. And, in fact, I... I texted a little bit with AJ Hinch after the series, just because we have a you know a long relationship, and he obviously wasn't happy with how his club played. But he made the point. He said, "Your guys didn't walk us, and and they, you don't give them extra opportunities." So, particularly with Martinez and Logue, obviously guys who just got here, but to come in and make a good impression, they barely you know Martinez did not get any big league camp time. We traded for him basically on the way out the door. Uh, Logue was there for just a little bit. We saw him a couple weeks ago for a quick stint, but for him to come up pitch the way he has in two starts, give us an opportunity to win both times, that goes a really long way towards how we view him, how we view his opportunity at this level. Don't you have to kind of like first, second starts in the big leagues understand that heart, Oh, emotion, 100. adrenaline, right? It's kind of hard to judge these guys. I mean, think back to James Caprillion's first inning in Fenway Park last year when, like, he admitted afterwards he could, could not feel the ball. He could barely, like, feel his feet touching the ground. Like, <laughs> you have to understand there's going to be some emotions and some nerves involved. I mean, if you judge Cap on that first inning there, he never gets back to the big leagues. Like, we don't see anything of what we have afterwards. But, yeah, you got to give them a little leeway. And for particularly a guy like Adrian, to come in, doesn't know anybody in the clubhouse, he's never been in an A's uniform, to come out there and throw strikes and perform the way he did is, is a really impressive thing. We just told Zach Lowe, you know, a guy that comes on the show all the time is Tom Glavin, the Hall of Famer, who was a hockey player drafted by the L.A. Kings. Mm -hmm. And Lowe's a hockey guy. I mean, there's something about that <laughs> toughness of playing that sport. You know, whether you're a kid that played football or you played hockey, got to be tough to play that sport. And, you know, he's not going to go out there and throw a bye all day long. but. Yeah. That new cutter he got in independent ball and everything, just this lefty looks tough. What are you seeing? That's a, it's a pretty good comparison anytime you're talking about 
Tom Glavin for a left-handed pitcher. There's look, there's obviously some deception to his delivery. I mean, I was watching the post-game show on uh, on NBC, and they showed five or six clips in a row of him pitching, and it almost looks like his timing is just a little bit different every time he goes to the plate. He hesitates, he has that leg kick, the ball's hidden behind, and and obviously Detroit hitters just didn't pick it up. So you know, anytime you can add deception to strike throwing and and three or four pitches, you know, you got a chance. Numbers around the league are way down offensively. Yes. And we've been breaking that down, and I don't know if it's you need to only be putting cigars in humidors, maybe not baseballs. <laughs> Pitchers don't have spider tack and sunscreen anymore. I mean, I don't know. Like, you've got a bunch of guys with low averages, yeah. but the whole league is like that. What do you think's going on? I, it's a Look, this is – a different offensive environment that we're playing in. It just is, you know, whether, you know, whether it's the humidors, the baseballs themselves, whatever it is, there's enough data now that we're five, six weeks in the season to say like, this is not the same game we've been playing the past few years. And, and whoever adjusts is going to, you know, is going to thrive. Like we, we are not the Yankees. We're not going to hit the ball out of the park, regardless of what ball you're throwing up there. It just isn't going to happen. So you have to adjust and, and, that's something we cannot control, what the baseball does or what it looks like. So if our pitchers take advantage of it, if our hitters can find a way to adjust, then that's how you win games. But, look, there is enough data to say that the offensive environment is different. You know, sometimes really simple questions aren't that dumb, and I'm going to give one to you. Okay. Because you guys love your data. Yep. You love your analytics, and you really love science because StatCast is basically science, right? How do I know scientifically – what a humidor does to a baseball in Oakland versus Houston versus Kansas City versus Minnesota versus Miami. Like, how do we know exactly what the humidors are doing to each baseball in each park? You're going to have to ask someone a lot smarter than me. You, you just are. An easy question. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to ask someone else. I, I don't know the answer to that. I can tell you, you know, how far the balls travel and, you know, what certain exit velo and a certain launch angle does now compared to what it did a year ago. But I, I can't tell you exactly what the, the, what the humidor actually does to the baseball. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Because uh, the baseball is the most important part of right. this game gear wise it's it not is. your glove it's not the bat the ball the game starts with the ball being thrown 100 percent. so i look the idea was obviously to create a consistent baseball across all 30 parks um, but all 30 parks are different like uh, the, the humidor baseball in oakland is going to travel differently than it does somewhere else we you know we've known that since the beginning of time that the ball in this park when there's a marine layer or at night it just doesn't travel it's different than other places so when we're looking at your team right now, and you don't have that many position players. I, I, I immediately, that play in Detroit, Elvis goes out, Chad's coming in, they collide. Man, he, Chad got smoked in the face by Elvis's leg. You saw the net go. I mean, you worry about the players, and then this has kind of been my biggest fear, like, you only got so many guys on the bench, yeah. and it's a doubleheader. You've got a whole nother game. What were you thinking when that goes on? Yeah, I, first of all, I was so happy that both guys were okay. It looked yeah. awful for Chad, and you're just, you know, you see Nick out there on the field, and then Jeff Collins comes running out, and you're like, oh, my God, are we going to have to cart Chad off the field? You're just 
desperate for any sort of sign that he's doing okay. So thank goodness he was. Um, but yeah, particularly first game of a doubleheader, you're thinking, how the heck are we going to get through this thing with enough healthy bodies? I mean, we have chosen, obviously, to go with 12 position players, and, and that will change at the end of the month because it's mandated that you can only have 13 pitchers come May 29th. But we've chosen to go with 12 position players because we think an extra guy in the bullpen gives us the best opportunity to win games. But that comes with some risks, and it comes with some limitations on what Cots can do with the lineup. So, I'm, I, look, I'm very happy they were both okay. But, yeah, when that happens, you're immediately, you know, I'm texting Dan Feinstein. We're talking, you know, when's the next flight in Detroit? Who's the next guy up? Like, those are the things you have to think about right away. I mean, I, I mean, I. If I'm thinking about it, I know you're thinking about it because I was like, oh, my God. Because, you know, a lot of these teams, yeah, you say you got 12 guys, but one guy's a backup catcher, mm -hmm. right, who may not be – I mean, that's like emergency – like the emergency quarterback maybe putting a guy out there. And when you talk about rosters, would you – how if you ideally could do it, let's say, you know, 25, 26, whatever we want to play, what ideally would you like to be able to play with roster-wise – pitchers versus position players you know we've kind of gotten used to that 28 number here the last couple of years when we had it for covid and and had it at the beginning of this year like that has felt like a little bit of a sweet spot um ultimately i think you know i don't think we'd go beyond nine guys in the bullpen no matter what like that's been a good mix cots and emo have done a great job of giving guys days off of moving guys around in roles so i think we've we've found nine relievers now that sounds ridiculous to some people because back in the day tony larusso was here at the a's with six guys out there and they were all fine and they were all throwing 100 innings each so look the game has evolved we're a little bit spoiled by the ability to have extra arms out there and have guys go one inning at a time but um but yeah i mean at, at 26 i think you know 14 and 12 has been pretty successful for us and again like i said it's not ideal to only have three guys on the bench in case of injury in case you want to pinch hit um, but this bullpen mix has worked really well for us. Is the not having 28 at this point, is that really just about not adding to payroll? I don't think so. I mean, I think, look, we, how many years do we play with 25? I think Forever. It's, yeah, it's a big jump. I mean, the, it took us a long time to get a 26th man, you know, whether that's both players and, and the owner's side sort of, uh, sort of adjusting to that. But I, don't, I think 28 is, is a big step. I'm not sure we're going to get there full time. Or you could have guys like Shohei Otani who do two different things. <laughs> right. Will you be more – we joke with Kotze because I played against Kotze in college. He yeah. was Shohei Otani. He was. He'd go out, go three for four against us, then he'd come in, throw 96, and, and close the game out from center field. I saw that with my own eye. Um, would you be more open to it now than ever before after seeing it with Shohei Otani? I, look, I think I've always been open to it. I just, you have to have the right guy. Like, right. this is a once-in-a-generation guy. You can't just turn anybody into uh, a two-way player. I mean, they've they've got Lorenzen, too, who has played the outfield you know, some, but, you know, they've turned him into a full-time starting pitcher. It's just, it's not easy. You're talking about playing at the highest level in the world, doing two of the hardest things to do in sports. This guy's a freak. I mean, he's an incredible athlete, incredible talent, and you can't just create Shohei Otani's out of thin air. So if you have the right guy, the right talent, sure, I'm totally open to it. But uh, those guys don't come around very often. Another guy that doesn't come around very often is Mike Trout. And unfortunately and fortunately, he's in the division. <laughs> so we've gotten to watch. I mean, he's hit, what, 38 career home runs? 38, right? 38 career it, home runs against the A's. Feels like 3,800. I mean, just peppers the <laughs> ball, and he's fast. And it, 
When you look at the data around him, just how great is he? He's he's as great as you can possibly think up. I mean, I know there's other great players in the game, and the Sotos and Acunas and Tatises. Like, no one is this guy, and we've seen it up close now for a decade. Uh, and he is he's incredible, and he's having as good a year as he's ever had. And I think I read yesterday his OPS plus is higher than it's ever been his, in his career. When all when we just talked about with all the numbers that are down, the offense environment totally changed. This guy has figured out a way to continue being incredible. Only one guy has finished a season over 233 OPS plus since World War II. And that was multiple times done by Superberry. <laughs> when when you're yeah. when you're at Superberry's level, no I mean doubt. it just tells you it's like there's just not, and it's kind of like with Barry, like how do you get him out? It's like with yeah. Trout, like what what does it say? Like what, what do you do? Like where, where do you go? Where do you? I mean, walk him and pitch to the rhino. I mean, yeah, that, it, it's hard. And with this lineup now, with Taylor Ward swinging the bat the way he is with Otani, like. You can't just pitch around him the way you have in previous years. So it's makes this it's gonna make this a really challenging weekend and that's what makes him, you know, the best player we've ever seen. What are you enjoying about this season? <laughs> we always get so weird because you gotta make decisions. So what yeah. are you enjoying? I enjoy the wins. I still love winning more than I hate losing. So uh, look, I, I think we know how challenging this is. You know, we know we're giving opportunities to a lot of young kids and we're playing in a tough division. Um, but when all that comes together on a given night to put up a W, it still feels really good. Well, I know you got this guy in AAA that's uh, swinging it really well. And we had Fran Reardon on, and Fran said, first of all, I got to tell you, StatCast tells you how fast this kid is. <laughs> and that it's one thing when the manager tells you, but he says, right. StatCast. Shay Langelier's stat cast says the guy flies. He can run, yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He swings it. He swings it for power, and he can run. When you start looking at his future, because obviously we're now probably looking at minors more than we normally do, um, is that a catcher if he runs the way he does? Right now it is. I mean, he's so good back there, you know, both receiving, throwing. I mean, I get reports every night. This guy's throwing a 185 down to second, a 189. He's really good back there. He's a weapon on defense, too. So, uh, look, obviously we've got a gold glove caliber catcher here right now who hits in the middle of our lineup. So until we lobby the league to play two catchers at once, we're going to have to figure that out. But uh, it's great to see what Shea's doing. I get I get those same texts from Fran about how fast he is, how what an impact he has on the game, and it's it's exciting. And at some point, yeah, we're probably going to have to find a way to get him here. But uh, I hope he keeps doing what he's doing at AAA for now. Yeah, he sounds like Johnny Bench with wheels. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, you got a gold glove catcher. And you can only play one catcher. Yep. Well, I want to see him hit. Where could he play? Yeah, I think we're, we're going to have to figure that out. We do have a DH spot, so that and we've used it for Murph a lot on his, quote, days off behind the plate. So we, we could be creative there. Um, you know, Shea hasn't played anywhere else, so we don't have that answer yet. But it's something we're going to start discussing. Well, that movie Moneyball, uh, Brad Pitt was saying it's easy to play first base, <laughs> right? It's incredibly hard, Walsh said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, when, when you're looking at certain guys, and we'll end on this because I, I saw him today. We hadn't seen him since spring training. There's some guys that bring this element to the clubhouse, and that is Ramon Laureano. He brings that toughness. He brings, he brings that, I want to go out there and kick the you-know-what out of the other team. Yep. You just can't replace that. You can't teach it. It's just something that's there. Just talk about 
that edge he brings on and off the field to this clubhouse and to this ball club. Yeah, it's felt, it felt more normal the last seven days, watching our games, watching our lineup with him in it, because you, you get used to sort of the energy he brings, the sort of game-interrupting effect he has out there, though he probably could have stayed a little closer to third base yesterday <laughs> in, in the first inning. But, um, no, it's it's – it, it just feels normal to have him back, and I know how hard he worked during his time off and, and, and how much he wanted to be here. So I'm happy for Ramon that he served his time. He's back now, and he's, he's where he wants to be. We've talked about it before. There's the good and the bad, but you got to take yeah, both because that's do. who he is. <laughs> You're right. That's, you know, so someone asked me about it. I said, hey, that's Ramon. That's, you know, how, how does he get that far off third or get fooled by the Little League play? That's Ramon. Yeah. But it's all the other stuff that we're, when he's tracking a ball down right. to left center and throwing guys out at first, and you're looking at the stat cast going, how far did he throw? You gotta, you gotta let the thoroughbred run, right? Kind of like Pat yes. Pache's the same way. Yeah, you let, you got. Yeah, I mean, Ramon ran down that ball in triples alley the other day. You just, you see the way he runs out of the box, down, you know, around the bases. So, yeah, he, it's nice to have him back. No matter what, we're gonna ask you each week. What are you happy about? What's a, we we got to stay positive at times. I mean, we got to like discuss it. everything. But I like remember, it. We, this it's a game. We're supposed to be having a good time. That's, I, read, I saw that in a movie at some point. This game's and, fun, goddammit, right? And and, and <laughs> Cody wanted me to ask you, are you worried about the W's, about the dubs? No. Dub not, Nation, are you panicking? Worried. Some no. people are panicking. No, they'll take care of it tonight. I'm not worried. Okay. There you go. He's a big – I've seen him at Warrior, Warrior Games. He's a fan. They'll be fine. All right, we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. It's the David Forrest Show right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We had a great show today. Good job, Cody. What do you think? You did, did you do okay? I think so. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Were you above average today? Uh, my outs above average is uh, above league average. My OPS plus is above 100. Where, was your war above league average? I don't think I'm anywhere around Mike Trout's numbers, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm MVP caliber. He's a decent little player. He's had a decent little career. All right, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live. We want to thank the general manager, David Force. We want to thank the skipper, Mark Kotze. We want to thank World Series champion and all-star and now a great broadcaster for the Angels, Mark Gubaza and Zach Logue, the new left-hander for your Oakland Athletics. We'll be back on Monday. What time, 4 o'clock? 4 o'clock. We're going to have Bernie Williams on the show on Monday. Bernie Williams. Are we going to play a little jazz guitar on Monday with, uh, on Monday with uh, I, Bernie? I don't know. Maybe he will. Live on the field, Bernie Williams. How good is that? What's he ever won? Yeah. Should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree with that, no question. Bernie Williams on Monday. Enjoy A's baseball coming your way in moments. We got a double dip tomorrow, and on Sunday we got a game. We got baseball weekend. Going to be great. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.